Hello, and welcome to Tell Us Your Story, a new podcast from the Institute of Public Affairs. I'm Kian Hussey, Research Fellow at the IPA and the host of this show. In this series, I talk to Australian entrepreneurs to hear their story. We'll discuss what inspired them to start their own business and explore the insights and advice they want to share with enterprising young Australians who wish to create their own opportunities and success. Entrepreneurship and risk-taking are central to the Australian way of life. Despite this, Australians are increasingly seeking the comfort of employment over what's seen as the risky and uncertain path of business creation. But entrepreneurs are needed now more than ever. Don't let your dreams be dreams. The COVID-19 pandemic has exacerbated many structural issues, especially for younger Australians who've been at a disadvantage since the global financial crisis. Our future prosperity, our democracy and our very way of life depend on enterprising and innovative Australians. It's vital that we unlock their potential. Today I'm talking to Steve Baxter. Steve is best known as one of the sharks on Channel 10's Shark Tank, but he's also one of Australia's most successful tech entrepreneurs, an investor and mentor. He founded River City Labs, a co-working hub in Brisbane, and Transition Level Investments, who invest in early stage startups. Steve, thanks so much for coming on the program today. How are you? Yeah, good thanks, Ken. Um, um, how's your day going? Yeah, not too bad. Can't complain. Um, we'll, we'll get right into things. Um, so you've been involved with a number of different companies and projects over the years. Um, I'd just like you to tell us, a, tell us a bit about your story, how you got started in business. Um, I understand you were serving in the army um, when you got started. And can you just tell us about that and how you progressed from, from being a fledging entrepreneur to now a, an investor and mentor? Yeah, no worries at all. So, um, yeah, I started uh, my, my first full-time job was as a soldier. I actually listed in 1987 when I was 15 years old, back when they could recruit 15-year-olds. Um, uh, sign up. For, so what's worse than recruiting a 15-year-old? Signing a nine-year contract when you're 15. <laughs> so the times have changed a bit. Um, yeah. But I love that. So uh, um, it was a sort of fantastic sort of period of, uh, period of time, part of my life. Um, in, uh, in 1994, I, uh, I sort of uh, had a bit of a... Uh, I was getting into computing quite a bit before then. Um, so I figured out that you could um, get some computers and attach some modems and, and start up as a, uh, a dial-up internet service provider. So for all the younger audience, you know, the dial-up was how we used to access the internet. It was quite slow, but it was the only way you could do it. So from a rented army married quarter in the uh, outer suburbs of Adelaide, I started an ISP. That went quite well. And I ended up, uh, I did that whilst I was still serving. Um, I ended up leaving the army in, in 1995, um, about sort of four months shy of my, um, of my nine years. Um, yep. And uh, didn't look back, I suppose. We started, you know, we ended up having about 36,000 customers in Brisbane. Uh, ultimately, I sold that business to a company called Aussie Mail uh, and then moved back from Adelaide to, to Brisbane. Took a bit of time off, uh, went and got a job, um, realised having a job wasn't quite for me. <laughs> um, and then started another business with the chap I went to school with called um, Pipe Networks. We started that in 2001. It was a uh, wholesale a pr- provider of wholesale telecommunication services. Um, in Brisbane, we, we built um, uh, we did a product called Internet Peering. We did uh, dark fiber, metro fiber, and also data centers. So we started that in 2001, listed that in 2005. Um, I left there as a full-time executive in 2008 and went and worked with Google in California for a year. Um, in the meantime, that business, we, I still was a director of that business on the board of directors, um, sold that business to TPG Telecom in March 2010, and I came back to Australia. Uh, since then, I've, I've been, um, I much prefer, I think, um, 
running, um, sorry, excuse me, uh, investing in businesses and running businesses. Although yeah. I have a business now, it's an investment business, but um, it's not your traditional sort of business. And so now we, you know, about 10 times a year, we, we invest in uh, businesses in the early stage technology space. So we, yeah. we look for things that, you know, if I was to um, probably poorly describe them, I'd say we look for the next Google and Facebook and Twitter and things like that, if you know what I mean. Not, not all yeah. just social media, but yeah, we look yeah. for things that have technology at their core that can uh, be highly profitable and grow really fast. Um, and yeah, so I've been doing that ever since probably about 2011 and, yeah. um, yeah, not done too bad. I've got 40 companies in the portfolio and having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've heard you say before that you, um, you are more like you just said there, you're more of an investor than an entrepreneur. Um, but do you prefer, um, the investment side of things or do you think that's just how, um, how you've progressed or, um, look, it, being an investor, it's a tough business. In the space we're in, this is only part of our portfolio. I mean, this business here, though, it has you know we get you know we get we get a revenue check every every few years and get expenses every month. You know, it's a really yeah, it's a tough old business to be yeah. honest. Um, so what do I prefer? Um, they, they, they both have. I mean, I think I prefer being an investor. They yeah. both have their charms and they're both ups and downs, I suppose. Uh, versus being an entrepreneur. Um, I'm, you know, I think it to have one business successes to be, to, you know, to be, you have to be very grateful for that. And I had, I had a couple and there's, you know, my old business partner and pop, he's gone on to do lots, lots of bigger things. So, you know, you can get out there and do it time after time. Um, I just, I wasn't, I wasn't in the mood and still not in the mood to, to aggressively pursue, you know, a customer facing business like that again. Yeah. Right. But, but you're a very big proponent of entrepreneurship and, and action and kind of getting things done, which, um, I think is such a great attitude. Um, so thinking about like, um, you know, young people who want to start a business, you, are, my impression is that you would say you shouldn't sit, sit around kind of theorizing and fantasizing about what you're going to do all day. You need to get out and kind of start doing something. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? And, um, you know, the, the differences between just thinking about starting a business and actually trying to put something into action? Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm biased towards action and I get asked a lot about, you know, um, are entrepreneurs born or made? And I, I don't think you can, I don't know the answer. I don't know how you test that, to be honest, but I do know how to identify them. And, and that is that they're, they're biased towards action that they would rather do than plan and think. Yeah. So, um, so it's a very, from my perspective, and this is only my perspective, it's a very important aspect to it. So I encourage everyone to get out there and if they, they think they can launch a business and, you know, provide some value to a customer to give it a go. So, but you know, there's, I think that there's some qualifiers to that. You should only do that. Um, you know, once you've uh, acquired the appropriate skills to pull it off, because there's no point in doing it if you can't do it. And that's just, you know, that probably goes without saying, Yeah. you'd be surprised. Um, then you need to um, gather the, you know, I think you need to do your best to get a good network. So you need to understand who's out there and what's happening. So, you know, you can get a good network just by going to university. It's not the only way. Um, you can also learn how to do things through university. And I, I suggest it's a very expensive and poor value way to do it. Yeah, yeah. At the same time, you can you can um, get a, uh, build a network. Um, there's lots of businesses around that have been started by university mates, if you know what I mean. So that's not too bad at all. And, you know, universities are probably natural points for networking. So there's... So there's some writers there, some things you should do. You should go into it somewhat soberly. You should understand 
the market, what you're doing, what people are paying. And that there are ways to get skills and build a network. You go and work for, you know, if you think you want to operate in the XYZ sector, go and get a job with a company in the XYZ sector and, and learn it for a few years. You'll build some capital, you'll build some understanding, and you probably even build a network. So there's, there's lots of different ways to do that, but I, I encourage everyone to do it. Yeah, right. Um, and so you kind of started to touch on there about going and working for a company. Um, and I mentioned a few times that you're a mentor, but I know I've, I've kind of seen you say you, you don't really like the term mentor because it makes it sound like a, you know, a very formal or structured relationship, which isn't necessarily the case. Um, so I'm wondering if you can talk talk about that um, a little bit. What what does mentorship mean to you? And you know, for people getting started in business, talk about networking and and going getting experience working for other businesses. How important is the you know mentorship? Um, component of that and and what are you what are kind of your suggestions to people who are looking for a mentor look to me and i like it because it is it is you know, it it, it uh, to me it, it sort of says there is something structured programmatic about it and, and there's yeah. companies out there who are mentoring consultants and stuff and they just my eyes roll when i hear that <laughs> yeah um you know to me that you know finding a mentor it should be the end result of really well getting getting deeply networked into an area so when you network in, you might go to functions, you know, be it chamber of commerce. Or I just came from this morning from a, uh, a function with a bunch of ATEC entrepreneurs and other investors. So, you know, we, we had, you know, I networked there, if you know what I mean. So yeah, yeah. I think you know, getting a, a mentor, it's the end result of really deep networking, I think, to be honest. You've found someone you respect in business and it, both of you don't mind each other's company and we'll can, and can talk about whatever elements you want to talk about and be able to learn something from each other because it has to be a shared valued exchange. So otherwise, it's not as genuine. So, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't like you know. Hey, will you be my mentor? I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, like, yeah. it's like when you're in grade six, will you go out with me? Type. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, right. Um, so, no, it should be it should be the end result of some of some pretty serious networking. Yeah, and I've seen as well a, a quote from you that um, you you can't scale up networking or something to that effect. No, no, um, no, you can't. Yeah, the, it it's, it's just a, a hard work thing. Yeah, it'd be awesome if you could. It'd make life a lot easier. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, no, you know, if you want to, yeah, I mean, I, I tell in, in, in terms of the um, $10,000 outcome that, you know, if, if you want to you know, go to a function, an event or, 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 you know, go to a group of people where you get a $10,000 outcome, and I'm, I'm talking about for a somewhat standard business here, but, you know, yeah. give me some leeway. Um, you, you've got to talk to 100 people. If you want 100,000, dollar outcome you've got to talk to um uh, a thousand people and if you want a million dollar outcome you're going to talk to ten thousand people and people say how do you help you talk to ten thousand people and my answer to that is a trade show yeah you know so and so whilst the numbers might not be accurate i, I think the proportion is and it just doesn't scale you can't you can maybe when you when you could go to a trade show for example you could do a presentation you can become an industry expert that that somewhat scales yeah there's only so many speaking slots out there let me tell you yeah yeah so, so basically, there, there's no, um, you know, there's no easy way to to do this. If you're serious about getting into business and, and building a network, then you've just got to be out there, you there's know, build, little, building those relationships. There's very, very few easy buttons in business and networking. Yeah. yeah. Yes, it defies an easy button as well. Yeah. Um. So I'd, I'd like to talk a bit about um kind of advice and insights that you that you might have um based on your experience um. So for, you know, thinking of a young person, whether they're just finishing high school or in university or something, um, what, what kind of advice would you, would you give them? 
be realistic in your education choices. It doesn't have to be university. Christ, I didn't finish high school. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so um, be realistic in what you want to do. Understand what you want to do. Be, be happy with the fact that you don't have to get it right. Thank God we don't have to get it right the first time. Yeah. You can go back and if you, if you decide you want to do something that does require a university degree, like what ending requires a university degree, stupefies me, um, then you can go back and get that later on. So that, that's not a particular issue. Yeah. So um, the advice I'd give is, um, you know, definitely advance your education. Understand what you're getting. And for God's sake, understand the value because our universities are such poor value um, that you're going to get what it's going to cost you and what it's going to give you. Yeah. And and if, you know, people are feeling quite entrepreneurial or they think they have a business idea um, going through uni, what, what would you say specifically about getting involved in business? If, if you're a young person who's never, you know, you don't come from a family of um, entrepreneurs or small business owners, um, what would what do you think are the key things that um, that a young person thinking of starting a business needs to know? Well, I'll always say that, you know, it, just do it. I mean, you know, the hardest, the hardest step is going from zero to one. You've just got to yeah. do it. Um, yeah. but, but once again, gather, you know, gather the information, the skills, and it worked to my points before. Um, understand basic bookkeeping. You know, be able to run invoices, profit and loss, cash flow, balance sheet. You know, understand at an operational level what it means. You have to understand the deep, dark rubbish behind it. That's, that's no problems at all. But, you know, if you – business is about running numbers and specifically money. So um, get a good there's, – there's very few free passes you get for not knowing that. Yeah. Um, and most of us learn on the fly, to be honest, and it's not the best way to do it. So that's very generic sort of, uh, very sort of detail. And the, the biggest thing about business is understanding that no one else gets a say in your business, your idea, whatever it might be, unless they're pulling out their wallet and giving you money or not yeah. pulling out their wallet and giving you money. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, if a person refuses to be a customer, that's it. just as important as one who, who is actually a customer. But the person who is, has no desire either way not to or not to use it, if you know what I mean, which might sound crazy because obviously they're not using it, but if they just want to give you valueless advice and they haven't actually deeply considered your product and deeply considered buying it. Yeah. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Um, and, and I guess that, that pivots into then um, the, the investment side of things. So, you know, as um, – Obviously, with transition level investments, you're, it's actually your day job to be an investor. It's not just that you're an investor on Shark Tank. Um, so what is it that you're looking for in businesses then um, that are potential investments? Um, are, you, are you focused on the person behind the business, their ideas, their product, the execution? Um, is it a combination? Is one thing more important than the others? Um, so look, lots of things. So we've been, we've been, I've been doing it at this for at least, you know, nine years and, and probably a lot more serious in the last four or five years. Yeah. Um, and uh, we've come to learn that what matters the most is traction. So actually matters, the, you know, it, it's, you know, the best traction you have in a business is profit. And if you've got profit, you probably don't need me. Um, the, the second best traction is revenue. And a lot of people starting up business have a little bit of that. And the third best traction is uh, usage. So you've actually built something, you know, uh, and people are actually, if it's a software product, they're logging on, they're using it and whatever it might be. So, you know, you've got hundreds of thousands of people using it, for example, but you don't know how to charge them. That's we actually like that sort of businesses, to be honest. Yeah, because uh, we think there's a lot of there's a lot of upside, and, and, and they're probably and they're probably available at the right price. So when we look at traction um, to understand, you know, what we put investment there, but then there's a lot of gateway issues. You know, the founders, the the market they're in, they might have a lot of traction, but it might be a very small market. They might have, you know, they might have, you know, without much work, they might have. 
thirty percent of a market that's worth ten million bucks a year in Australia. Yeah, you know, that's you know, unless the markets were a lot more than that, we wouldn't touch it. So there's market, there's fundamental sort of economic issues that they, how they're doing it because you know, a lot of businesses can be quite profitable where they're quite small, but to scale them can be really quite difficult, and you lose a lot of profitability. So as unit economics and sort of uh, other other sort of corporate wide economic issues. Um, and then, you know, th- then there's the, the pricing issue. So what's the price of the investment, who the other investors are, um, uh, and a variety of things. But the, the team is the team is quite big. But we need to develop fundamentally, we think that when we invest in one of these businesses, it's probably an eight to 10 year investment. Yeah. And so we're, we're be willing to sit in a room, you know, once a month or once a quarter with these people for the next eight to 10 years. So we, we, have, to, we have to have some faith in them, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, and and so thinking again of young people who are who are thinking of pitching their business idea, um, so they're looking for for some investors. Um, what what are some key insights you'd give to them about how to how to pitch the business? Like, what should they be focused on? Um, is it important to you know is is it about getting some traction? Like you said before, you go and pitch the idea, like not pitching it too early when it's when it's just a concept. Exactly um, that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so the, the investors are going to ask if, if you're pitching your idea, they're going to ask, how do you know it's work? How do you know it works? How do you know people are going to pay this? How do you know what the price points are? How do you know what the usage adoption rates are? Yeah. As opposed to having some traction saying, we built this in the last 12 months, we've got 50,000 people signed up, they're paying us this, and this is how we got them, this is what it cost to get them, et cetera. That yeah. takes away so many questions from the investor. It's not like, okay, it's not if it'll work, it's working. It's how much better can we make it work with our investment? That's the real, the real key. Yeah, um, and and basically, statistically speaking, most businesses are going to fail. Um, most startups will will probably fail. Um, so, do you, is, are there any um, things that you think aspiring entrepreneurs should keep in mind um, when they're starting up their business? Um, whether it's just you know keeping that perspective, or are there any um, are there any actually actual bits of advice um, to help them succeed? Yeah, um, be, be clever about it. Um, you know, it, it, it's business survival statistics are a bit grim. Yeah. Um, it's not a reason not to do it, that's for sure. So uh, what you want to also, from my, I think my point of view, is that you shouldn't let failure be a crutch. Yeah. Um, you know, it's often said in Australia that we don't have enough tolerance for failure, and I'd probably agree with that. But I've, I've seen it go to the extent where people are actually using it as a crutch, not to, oh, well, you know, if... if you know, especially when you get pitched, they sort of say, and this then this will probably fail and I'll do something else. And I'm like, yeah, dude, you're leaving with a glass jaw, right? You know, yeah. it's we're not investing in you because you're gonna fail, we're investing because we think that you you're gonna win. Yeah. So um so yeah, whilst it's good to understand that they that we as a society in, in a in interpersonal sense and also in a regulatory sense and more tolerant of failure, we need to get to that point. Yeah, we're on the we're on that journey, and I think COVID will accelerate that when we look what's happened with the Bankruptcy protecting and other bits and pieces. Yeah. For as much as it sounds bad, I mean, I, I think we, we need to we need to make it easier and cheaper, in, in a in a in a punitive sense and in a monetary sense for people to go bankrupt. Because yeah, if, they, yeah. if they can wind up a business that's failed, they can they can basically start doing something else that makes more sense. It might work as opposed to keeping onto this thing because the the absolute downside of failure is that bad. So you know, I think we haven't quite got that right yet. And, and whilst you know, Malcolm Turnbull with his some of the stuff he done in Nissa actually went some way to readdress that. <laughs> I think it's made up for some of his other behaviour. Yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So, so, so regarding failure and, and just 
You know, it, it's a case of, you know, if it hasn't worked, it hasn't worked. Um, like when we invest money in businesses, for example, we, we don't invest it to try and just keep that business alive for as long as possible. Um, so, you know, if you, if you stayed alive for 10 years of our investment, but you actually haven't grown past the point where we can get a return, we don't really care. We're yeah. giving that money for you to literally consume. And there's a terrible word in the startup space called burn, cash burn, which is a dreadful term. So it basically means, you know, you're going to take that money and for the next 12 or 18 months, you're going to use that, you're going to try and grow as fast as you possibly can. It's not there to store in the bank. It's there to be deployed and get used. Yeah. Um, so you've kind of spoken a bit about, um, you know, when, when businesses fail and, and how depressing the um, the failure rate of, of startups can be. Um, but one of the things that I, I think I've heard you say before is that it, it's okay um, to fail as, as long as it's not just a failure, as long as you're learning something from it, um, as long as you're taking something away from the failure. I guess in that sense then, you're you're still gaining something um an insight that you can bring to a future um business venture can can you talk about that a little bit yeah so um yeah i want to be you know i, I don't i don't like failure um i i hate people not trying even more though so if want lots of people trying there will be lots of things that don't work and so in that sense we need to in a corporate sense we need to you know shut it down make sure the creditors get paid make sure everyone's taken care of Get it and get those people who've learned those business lessons recycled and back into the game faster, um, if they if they so choose. So you hope they do. So um, you know, for me, and we have to be careful because you know, we, we, it, when like glorifying failure, we, we almost give people a reason not to try very hard. Ah, oh, well, you know, it failed, but it was always going to. And, you know, it's like, well, no, it, you need to be as a as a uh, startup founder or as, a, as an entrepreneur, you, you need to have. The, the grit and the, the courage and the tenacity to dig a business from the ground with your fingers. That's still what you have to do, right? Yeah. At some point that won't work, but you know, as, as soon as, as soon as the fingernails start bleeding a bit, if you stop them, then that's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that's not, you know, the, the fact that society tolerates failure doesn't mean you should give up earlier. It means that when it happens, we're not going to put you in a, we're not going to put you in a pillory and throw rotten veggies at you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that's truly what it means. So we have to be, you know, I'm, I'm careful and narrow around that because I want people trying and that means more people aren't going to succeed, but it's not permission to fail. And that's really important. Yeah. Um, so on your website, Steve, you've got a video um, that's called the best age to become an entrepreneur or, or what age should I become an entrepreneur or something to that effect. Um, and one of the things you said there is that um, you as an as an investor, you're not out to back lemonade stands. Um, can you can you? I, I kind of like that term. Um, can you explain a bit what you meant by that? And um, and how can people, you know, aspiring entrepreneurs, how do they identify whether they're onto a, a lemonade stand or, or or if it's something a bit better? So um, lemonade stands. Yeah, probably probably I've got to use more fortunate language, but not. <laughs> um, so. We're at the back big things. Probably to my previous point um, uh, about you know when we invest money, it's not there just to keep you small, to keep you alive. And if alive means small, that's okay. Yeah. We're going in knowing that we have a certain mortality rate with respect to our investments. Um, we know that we're investing because we need you to run harder that wall and we need you to burst through it. And you might hit it splat and fall over. And that's unfortunate. Sorry about that. But we all knew that going into the investment that you were going to try and make this thing big yeah, or make it go away. So um, that being said, a lot of these businesses, when they fail, it, 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 
it'll they'll you know instead of being a business that does you know half a billion dollars in revenue globally for example after 10 years it might be a business that does you know four or five million bucks in australia in five years and then that's about it and then we'll have five or six percent growth per year after that that's still a business that's going to be okay for the people running it and probably give them a nice income and probably something they can hand to their kids but it's not going to be a return that's something that an investor get a return so we're not at the back lemonade stand we're at the back um and that question i i I started a foundation, uh, an effort called Startup Catalyst, where we used to send um, 20 bright young tech kids to Silicon Valley every year for two weeks and take them on tours and get, yeah. change their perspective to be global. So when they started a business, it wasn't working on some small self-contained problem in Australia, the lemonade stand in this case, but they were, they were looking at the horizon of the world and they were taking on these big, massive markets um, yeah. in order to change things. Um, so it, it seems like the key insights that you have are people should, um, you know, gain gain the skills that are relevant to the business that they want to start. They should have a good understanding of um, what it is they're actually trying to do and what they're trying, what their business is, what they're trying to achieve, um, and and they should get out there and do it. Um, are there any other kind of um, bits of advice or tips or insights that you'd like to offer before we finish up? No, the networking is important. Like, so get yep. out there and network like crazy. Get out and talk. The first the, the tech startup space and startup space is all very friendly. That you know, everyone, um, everyone's very willing to to participate in the conversation. Um, be careful of the advice you get from people who are clueless and haven't done it before, but have read a few good blogs and can repeat blogs or can repeat what the Dalai Lama, <laughs> Richard Branson says. Yeah, yeah. Um, there, there are a lot of just fakers out there. There really are a lot of just a lot of valueless opinions, but they're. There's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a far more um, valuable opinions as well. So, um, so just be always understand the person who's look at my background because you know I if you're listening I could be full of too right. So <laughs> yeah. um, but look at my background, understand the journey I've been on because that's what that's what colours my lens. If you know what I mean. So yeah, understand who's giving the advice, understand their journey, you know, um, and 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 act appropriately on but network like hell get out there and talk to them. you rarely ever find a comp competitor um, if you do find a competitor still talk to them you probably don't you might not compete in full of the same markets don't go yeah. exposing your trade secrets to them and they won't expose anything to you yeah still get there and talk to them great okay well Steve Baxter thanks for coming on tell us your story no problems at all